and welcome to Sustain. I am here at FOSSI, the free and open source yearly annual conference put on by Software Freedom Conservancy. Obviously, this is the first year, so that is an aspirational goal, that why, but I love it. In Portland, Oregon, which is right next to Vancouver, Washington, where our guest is not from. They're from the other Vancouver, which is really cool. So thank you for coming down from our friends north of the border, America's hat uh, from Canada. I'm joined today by Angie Byron. Angie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Angie works for a Finnish company who we've had on the podcast before, Ivan. Mm -hmm. Not Ivan with an I, but A-I-V-E-N, which I always forget what they do. What do they do again? Ivan is the open source data platform for everyone. For everyone? Yeah. Me? Even you. Wow, yes. cool. Yeah. What does that mean? So we provide managed services and security updates, this kind of thing, for all manner of open source data projects. So, for example, we host and sustain Apache Kafka, MySQL, Postgres, Redis, Grafana, things like this. And then we also have an OSPO that contributes upstream to those projects as well. With Joseph Pratt as the head of that That's OSPO, right. right? Yeah. Joseph's the best. Super he is cool. the best, yep. Very active in the to-do group from Barcelona. I just realized I was there and I didn't say hi. <gasps> and now it's on video. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no, and he'll probably hear this. <laughs> Shoot. Well, let's just move right on from there. What do you do with Ivan? Yeah, so I'm Ivan's director of community. So I've been there a couple of months now, which is kind of long enough to know my way around a few things, but not an expert in everything yet. But it's a really interesting space because we work with so many different open source projects. So there's ties into all these large open source communities and kind of comparing and contrasting the way that governance is done, onboarding is done, these kinds of things around these different communities has been a really interesting challenge. I'm not sure I've talked to very many meta community managers. I know a lot of community managers who work with one community. Right. You work with several. How many communities do you sort of have your fingers in? Ivan has 11 open source projects in total okay. on their platform. Do you have 11 people underneath you, one for each community? No, I have uh, two people underneath me and cool. we are trying to both liaise with those open source projects as well as build a community around Ivan itself. So it's a really interesting kind of place to be in. Community managers are the one job that basically can grow to the size of the vessel. Like the bigger the community, the larger you need to be as a community manager, the more you need to do. How do you manage to stop uh, just feeling like you have to have all the things done all the time forever? <laughs> it's a good question. I think one important way is to sort of prioritize what you're doing by the impact that it can have. Okay. And so one of the ways that we look at that is, you know, we look at some of the goals is around building or growing the community. Another goal is around giving the community ownership in the community itself. So we're not doing everything. We're allowing other people to do things. So we try to look for initiatives that sort of help drive those things forward. So one example is, for example, building a meetups program, right? There's a way to build a meetups program where you are hosting them only at your own offices and people come to you. What we want to try to do is expand that out so that we can both expand the reach globally to where all our customers are, but also expand the ownership so that different customers are able to create meetups in their own area and talk about things that are of interest to them. And so we're not driving the script all the time. When you're sitting at your whiteboard meeting, like your quarterly, annual, whatever, and you have a Sharpie out and you're saying, okay, here's where impact is and here's where we're going to focus. What does that whiteboard even look like? How do you decide? Yeah. So the first thing I did when I got on this team is I held what's called a start at the end exercise. And this was looking at our overarching marketing goals, because we sit under marketing, although community can sit pretty much anywhere. They want to drive people to the Ivan platform to be using it, which is a reasonable goal to do, right? 
So we look at that as the top line goal that we need to do. And then we start kind of extrapolating from there. And I use something called the Open Practice Library, which is a division Hmm. of Red Hat to kind of come up with this framework. But you kind of ask two very different questions. You ask, what would it look like if we were awesome at everything that we did in 12 months from now, we fast forward the clock. We look back and we're like, this was amazing. What would be, what would have changed? What would have been, how would we know this? And we sort of brainstorm around that for a while. And then we do the opposite and we say, what if things don't go so well? And, ah, you know, like there's obstacles and move, what's that look like? And then from that, you sort of triangulate and you sort of get a feel for, okay, well, if these are the success metrics that we want, then these are the things that we have to hit. And so I kind of try to lead it in kind of a bottom up approach so that the team itself feels ownership in this and not just coming up from down top and saying, here's your goals, go get it done. Because I feel like idea of ownership is really central to any good community, but it's also central to building a good team, especially when, to your point, we're meta community managers. The folks doing this work every day are going to have much more knowledge on the ground of these different communities that they interact with every day. So getting their thoughts and input into the goals is very important. So when you and your family meet up for Canadian Thanksgiving, are you the person with the Excel spreadsheet? Are you that person? <laughs> I make a spreadsheet for everything. Yes, oh, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, I give off the vibe. Yeah. When you talked about your team, was it just the three of you in this room or was it the entire OSPO? It's the three of us. And then we run it past a cross-functional group of people, right? So cool. we start with the people doing the work. They have the most insight into the day-to-day functioning, but then the rest of the organization is going to be able to cross-check that with what they know, which is more than, you know, so we're getting a broader picture. And so through that, it's sort of a two-way conversation because we'll come up with things like community ownership. We want to make sure the rest of the organization knows what we do and the value of it to make sure we can measure whatever it is that we're doing in a way that makes sense to the rest of the organization. And then they'll come up with things like, well, we also want to be the trusted open source data platform for everybody. So how does what we're doing build trust, right? And so that becomes part of the factors as well. And then once you get your factors together, what you essentially do, because if you work on a team like this or any kind of service-oriented community, you're just going to get requests all the time from everywhere. Yeah. So you can go all bananas if you really like spreadsheets and do like a whole Six Sigma thing where you're scoring on math and all this. But we just did a simple system where it's like, how many of those criteria does it check off? And if it's a lot of the criteria, we're probably going to do that. If it's not many of the criteria, then we might say, cool, this doesn't make sense for us to do right now. Or maybe it makes sense for a different team at Ivan to do. And we start negotiating in that way. But I think it's important to to pull in all the possible ideas of what we could be doing because you never know where that million dollar idea is going to come from. But you also don't necessarily want to be splitting in too many different directions because if you're trying to do, if you're trying to fight all of the fires, like the whole burning, building's going to burn down. So you don't want that. So we look at things that hit a number of different targets that we want to reach. And we ensure that we're focused on those initiatives that move as many needles as possible. And then the ones that don't move as many needles, we try to figure out, can we act in more in a facilitator role for this initiative? Or could we pass that on to a team that does, for example, if we wanted to do influencer marketing, maybe that could be part of the demand gen team or something like that rather than the community team. So we look at different avenues like that. One of the main issues with corporate involvement in open source is a lack of transparency around roadmaps and project management and trying to figure out how to signal, this is where we're looking at, this is based on our internal priorities, and this is why we're going to do X in our community. As a community manager, your job is to signal happiness and cheerfulness and everything is great, while also signaling we're not going to do that and we're not going to do that, but I can't tell you why. How do you manage those that like crux? Something we're working on is public facing version of a roadmap with like an ideation system so that we can start directing people with product requests and things like that to 
a place where there's like dedicated space for that to have yeah. that, those conversations. That's one piece of it. I think another piece is like I do explain the why, even if you can't get into nitty gritty details about specific financial numbers or whatever that kind of thing. I think most people will understand like this becomes a not now because right now we have to focus on building this or we won't get built later thing. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, cool. Segwaying a bit more about explaining the why. You mentioned that you want to make sure internally that the rest of Ivan knows what you're doing and why you're doing it. And my previous guest, Emily Omier, had this amazing three things that you have to do at a company, which either increase revenue, reduce cost, or mitigate risk. Which of the three are you covering and how do you signal those? Yeah, probably all three of them. And we probably need to do a clear job of signaling those. So yeah, we're trying to do is we're trying to, yeah, we're mitigating risk in that If people don't sign up for us and they sign up for a competitor or they sign up for not an open source thing at all, obviously that takes money away from the bottom line and things of this nature. So that's one aspect of it is mitigating risk. A big focus for us is on developer education because we're trying to, you don't market to developers, you help educate developers. We're trying to build programs for them that give them access to technical expertise, get them access to people at Ivan who are very smart and know how to do this. Peer-to-peer learning. So like I'm an SRE at a big company. Let me learn from SREs that run a huge data platform for Ivan, this kind of thing. And then also community members talking to each other is another way we could. So of those three items, I would say less focused on the growing revenue piece, at least directly, because we don't want to. It's kind of like we have folks who go out there and lasso the cows and bring them into the ranch. We want to make sure that cows, once they get to the ranch, are grass fed and they're like brushed nicely every day, like that kind of a thing. So we're focused on customer satisfaction. We're focused on mitigating risks of people leaving the platform. And we're focused on kind of growing the talent that we do draw into the ranch and making sure that they have career opportunities and ways to further themselves. As a facilitator of other things, as a catalyst, which it seems like you are in the way that you envision your community role, it's often difficult to get positive feedback in a way that makes you feel like you've done the good work because you're shunting on the work to someone else often. So how do you sleep at night? What do you do to make yourself feel good with a role that you have? I'm not saying it's a bad role, but I'm just curious, how do you internalize achievement? I internalize achievement by watching other people's achievements. Cool. So in other words, like, and this came up a lot when I was in the Drupal community as well, is it was less about me going out and giving every talk at every event, but I would instead be contacted for something and be like, oh, you know who would be great for that is this person. And then watching them build their developer profile as they got more and more speaking engagements apart from that. So... And at Ivan, I view that as very similar, hooking somebody up with a networking opportunity that leads to a job or connecting them with some key knowledge that they needed to make their project successful. So I view my success and my team's success through the success of others, because I think that that really gets to the why we're doing things. It's not necessarily just to drive a number up into the right, although there's certainly a portion of that, but it's really about making those trusted relationship connections with different people and helping them be awesome. Amazing. Left field. I'm red, green, colorblind, so I can't tell really well. But is your hair matching the Drupal color? <laughs> it is kind of matching the Drupal color. Yeah. <laughs> sort of an aqua, teal, blue situation. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had many colors. In fact, my daughter, who's sitting over there, used to just pick out whatever color it was going to be. But I find that the the reds, the pinks, the the purples, they wash out after like two washes. And my hair seems to want to be blue. So Okay. I just had to ask. Yeah. I had to ask. Figure why not ask question. on the air. Thank you so much for coming on. This is super cool. Where can people learn more about Ivan's community efforts? Sure. So you can go to ivan.io slash community or on meetup.com. We are starting a, we've actually started and it's growing 
community around open source data infrastructure. So if you just want to learn about technologies like Kafka, like Postgres, you can come to a meetup. They're in about 19 different cities across the world and growing. Cool. And if you want to help run one, come reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Sounds super fun. Have you talked to the invest in infrastructure people? No. Oh, you should talk to oh. Caitlin Taney and IOI. They're super interesting. Right They're on. Trying okay. to talk about, well, I won't try to pitch them because okay. I don't have I don't have it down, but super cool. That sounds great. Love seeing more meetups for cool infrastructural things. Where can people learn more about you online? Ah, yeah. So I'm WebChick just about everywhere. So you can go to webchick.tech is like my tech blog and I'm webchick on Twitter, webchick at mastodon.social and all the things. All the things. Thank you so much for coming on. You can also find those in the show notes. Good luck. I hope you enjoy the conference. Thanks so much. Listeners, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. If you're curious about Fosse, where these were recorded, go to sfconservancy.org to the Software Freedom Conservancy's website where you can learn more about it. It's been really, really fun to be here and have these great conversations about free and open source software. Of course, if you've liked this podcast, please let us know. Like us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to it. Email us at podcast at sustainoss.org. Give us any thoughts or comments or queries or complaints. We would love to hear them. And of course, please tell your friends. Word of mouth is the single best way to get more listeners on this podcast. And hopefully you think that that's something we should have. If you would like to donate, you can go to Open Collective to sustain OSS, where you can donate to the production cost for this podcast, which is not free. So that would be super, super great. And of course, you can join in the conversation yourself by going to discourse at sustainoss.org to go chat. And you can follow us on Twitter at sustainoss, on Mastodon, and I believe on Blue Sky. So thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye.